Hi, I'm Carol Pope, and you're listening to The Stewie Tunes Show with Tony Stewart and Aaron Badgley. Welcome to The Stewie Tunes Show. These are rock and roll stories in 10 minutes or less. Here's your host, Tony Stewart. Hello, and welcome to Episode 7. Recently, the music world was saddened by the loss of one of its pioneers, the self-proclaimed architect of rock and roll, Richard Penniman, better known by his stage name, Little Richard. When you read about his incredible life, you realize that architect is a great description because he created the template of the -the over-the-top rock and roll artist. And this guy worked with everybody. That's what we're going to be talking about today. The list of people who owe a debt to Little Richard is a who's who of the rock and roll world. This could actually be a game show question. Which of these people didn't work with Little Richard? Alright, let's start with the Beatles. Their connection with Little Richard goes all the way back to 1956, when a 14-year-old Paul McCartney saw the film The Girl Can't Help It, starring Jane Mansfield. This film features cameos by several well-known artists from the time, including Eddie Cochran and Gene Vincent. Some people consider this to be the first ever example of rock and roll music videos due to the full-length performances featured in the movie. However, it was the performance of Little Richard singing a song called Ready Teddy, which had a profound effect on McCartney. A year later, McCartney met 16-year-old John Lennon, who was performing with his band at a churchyard party. The two quickly hit it off and discovered that they were both fans of American rock and roll. McCartney auditioned for Lennon by playing the Little Richard tune, The Girl Can't Help It, and Lennon invited him to join the band. Shortly thereafter, Stu Sutcliffe and George Harrison joined, and they started playing in and around Liverpool. Little Richard tunes like Long Tall Sally were staples of their sets, and as they became more popular, they were invited to go to Hamburg, Germany for an extended gig as the house band at several clubs there. Playing every night during this period really forged the Beatles into a seasoned group, and when they returned to Liverpool, they had a huge following. Stuart Sutcliffe was replaced by Ringo Starr, and they secured a spot opening for Roy Orbison and Del Shannon on their tour. And then they got an even bigger break when they were asked to return to Hamburg and open for Little Richard for 14 shows. Being able to spend time backstage with their idol had a huge impact on the band. Little Richard spent a lot of time with Paul McCartney in particular, helping him develop his vocal style. When they returned to Liverpool, Little Richard saw them play their own show at the famous Cavern Club, and he knew that they were destined for greatness. There's a great photograph of the boys posing with Little Richard. They look like kids, which I suppose they were. The Beatles famously did not get signed when they had their first audition for Decca Records. Their set list on that day were three tunes that were not even rock and roll songs. However, later on when they auditioned for George Martin at Parlophone, they played the hard-driving style that they had learned from Little Richard while in Germany and Martin saw something in this raw, energetic young group. The rest, as they say, is history. In 
1963, little Richard was called to come and help rescue a tour that was on the verge of being cancelled. The tour featured the Everly Brothers, Bo Diddley, and a new band called the Rolling Stones. Mick Jagger recalls that he had heard about little Richard's antics on stage and how audiences reacted, and he thought that it must be an exaggeration. Then, when he had the chance to witness it in person, he was left speechless, and it changed the way that he approached his role as frontman of the Stones. As the story goes, this tour was the break that the Stones were looking for. It was a 36-day, 30-gig tour that kicked off in London, England. However, it became apparent in the first week that the Everly Brothers' star had faded, due in part to the rising popularity of groups like the Beatles. Desperate, the tour promoter, Don Arden, called Little Richard and asked for his help. On the seventh show, Little Richard was added as the headliner and the tour ended up being a success, giving the Stones the push that they needed to become one of the top acts in the world. As Little Richard reminisced later, Mick Jagger used to watch my act. Where do you think he got that walk? If you're enjoying this show, why not consider becoming a supporter? Visit my Patreon page at patreon.com slash stewytunes and for the cost of a cappuccino every month, you can support the show. Thanks. In 1964, a young up-and-coming guitarist named Jimi Hendrix joined The Upsetters, which was Little Richard's band. Not only was this a career boost for Hendrix, but a major influence on his looks and behavior. He learned to copy how Richard looked on stage, including the pencil-thin mustache and the flamboyant outfits. He also switched his guitar playing from a blues style to more of a rock and roll sound. Hendrix had been working steadily with groups like the Isley Brothers, Wilson Pickett and Sam Cooke, but it wasn't until his time spent with Little Richard that he started to really come into his own as a performer. His time in Richard's band was short, however, as he was eventually fired due to personality conflicts within the band and his chronic tardiness. David Bowie and Prince also cited Little Richard as a massive influence. Richard was wearing makeup and flamboyant clothes in the early 1950s, and this androgynous look was later copied and taken up a notch by both performers. According to Bowie, Little Richard was just unreal. Unreal. Man, we'd never seen anything like that. Prince paid homage to Richard's look when he posed with a wig, mascara, pencil-thin mustache, and crop top on the cover of his 1986 album, Parade. James Brown, the godfather of soul, styled himself after Little Richard at the start of his career in the late 1950s and cited him as one of his biggest influences. Brown said that Little Richard's band, The Upsetters, were the first to really play in that funk style. Elton John credited Little Richard with breaking the mold as he became inspired to be more of a showman on stage after seeing Richard perform. The list goes on and on. Dick Clark interviewed Little Richard several times over the years and was obviously an admirer. In one of those interviews, Richard said that the only time he was ever nervous was when he had to go on stage after Stevie Wonder had just performed. As someone who is just happy to be living on the same planet as Stevie Wonder, I loved that story.
The endless list of testimonials clearly demonstrates that the term architect of rock and roll is a perfect description of the legacy Little Richard left behind. The outfits, the makeup, the antics on stage, the showmanship, and not caring what people thought about him became major parts of rock and roll and pop music, and those influences are still felt today. Well, that's all we've got for today. As always, thanks for listening, stay safe, and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Stewie Tune Show. For more rock and roll stories in 10 minutes or less, hit subscribe 